Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Well, every Chase Elliott fan out there has no concerns. He's got, he's got his ride just fine because there's no pressure being put on him by anybody else filling that seat. But it was a wild week. Definitely a great experience. I'm going to dig into all that and give you guys a peek behind the curtain of what that was like. Bit of a disappointing day and weekend on my end. We've got a new points leader. That 12 car leading the charge, but Rowdy Bush gets the dub this weekend at St. Louis. This is Stacking Pennies. I am Corey Joy. Let's go. Stacking them deep, selling them cheap. It tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're out here stacking pennies. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We are back for some more. A lot of stuff to get into today. I'm Corey Joy, driver of the nine car this past weekend. A uh, bit of a tough stretch. Uh, a lot of stuff working against us, but uh, wasn't what we had all anticipated, myself included. But we'll get into that in a minute. I'm joined by the normal band of characters, Chuck Bush. Why was six afraid of seven? Because seven, eight, nine. Boom. Great Wait, is there? He drives the seven car, and he was in the nine car, so it was a an eight car one. Yeah, bad joke. Not a bad joke. Yeah. Definitely fits the context of this <laughs> conversation. John Merriman. Why are you being so nice to Chuck today? That was a <laughs> joke. <laughs> it's generally you were mean to. I know. Just because you had one good joke before the show started. I don't remember that. How you doing? And then uh, the championship leading right front or front tire change around floor. Change both fronts. I know, both. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Uh, man. Where'd, y'all, where'd y'all finish? Sixth. I feel like we lost control of the race on pit road too, which sucked. 24 beat us on a sequence, and then the 11 kind of jumped us on a restart. Uh, yeah. Taking taking twos or fours? I think taking the 24 beat us on four. He was the only one that we think that was the only four tire spot we lost all day. Then on the last one, man, I'm like the 34, right? He's Took just two like, sets of rights. He's just like a thorn in the side, which is exactly what he needs to do. But it's like I stood up and he cut us off, and I was like thirty-four. <laughs> but like, good for him because that's go. what yeah. you know. Him and Petey, yeah, you got to fight. You know, that's what they're gonna. That's what they're gonna do. That's what they get paid to do. But man, because I thought we had a, you know, we had a shot to maybe get the twenty-four on that sequence and put us back up in contention. But who would have thought? You know, if if you know if you could predict the future. You do what Cliff did, take two, and Get there wasn't position. really any long green flag runs at the end. So, no. Yeah, that was one thing in hindsight we looked back, talked about doing differently, but I had a big week, Chuck. I don't know if you knew that or not. I'd heard rumblings and saw some things on the internet. We can get into a bit of a chronological. Yeah, uh, let's do that. Let's, let's get into <clears throat> my week. So Because we found out here. Found out here officially, right? About 3 o'clock, get the call. It's happened. Get with Alan. Alan calls me, talked to him for a bit. They took my seat out of the gateway car. And plugged in the old nine car and was in there about eight o'clock on Wednesday morning. And when I got the call, 
man, there was like, it was a lot of emotions. It was weird. It was a bit scary. A lot of self-doubt crept in surprisingly. Um, just like, all right, you like, how's it going to go? You're going to do good. You like all these things of something that's so far out of your comfort zone and something that you didn't think that was ever going to happen. Right. Ever. It's just Tuesday morning, you wake up, it's just business as usual. You're talking about what setup you're taking with the seven car. We, you know, we did this, our sim session the previous week, trying to get a decent balance fix there. And then all of that's just flipped on its head and you get plugged into a, a system that's, you know, on the 90 yard line, but we go, you know, we do the podcast, still didn't, couldn't really wrap my head around what all was happening. It's just like, holy shit, you just like, it's happening. I don't know what, what's going to happen. Who knows? So we left the podcast. Yeah. And I walked up, I walked out and you, we were parked next to each other in the parking garage and you were on the phone with Chase. Chase so what Chase say when he called you? Hey, just like, man, it stinks about the circumstances it's under. He's like, man, I'm glad they picked you. You know, you've been grinding for a long time and I know you can do a good job. I said, you know, we've been struggling for the last couple months, um, but I know you're going to do us a good job and get the most out of it. So we talked a little bit more. That was the, the extent of that. So we get home and kind of shut the phone off. It was just like hanging out with the kiddos and I'll get, I was getting in bed like 9.15, 9.30 and I got a voicemail from a unsaved number, right? Well, I called you. Yeah. And you were like, oh, I missed the call. Yeah. It like from, nine, it like 9.15 you called me. Yeah. I just, like I just, he just left a voicemail. So I, li- I listened to the, you know, hey, Corey, Trick Hendrick, just, you know, wanted to say thanks for helping out with the nine car. And I was like, I miss the freaking call. But Damn. then I got the voice. Yeah, I got the voicemail, so I guess I can keep that uh, for old time's sake. Not saying that it's a weekend that I want to remember, but it's cool that to just be driving, have Rick Hendrick say that you're driving one of his cars, right? Did you call him back? Cool. I called him back the next morning. So I told Kelly, though, it's like I feel like when you – she didn't really understand the reference, but you probably will, and you will. Like when you're playing – and you will. When you're playing like NASCAR 2004 career mode, and you start mm-hmm. with like the lowest team and then you like run decent and you get like the next best team yeah. and then like another team. And then you get like this notification on your phone that Rick Hendricks calling you to drive. Like I literally felt like that way on Tuesday night. Like this is an absurd moment. Well, Bore used to tell the story too. And when, when Richard called him wherever he was working, he thought one of his buddies was prank calling. Yeah. Him. So muffler it, shop. It's or gotta be surreal. Yeah. And, and just to hear Rick, Rick's voice on the other end of the phone was bizarre. So got up early, worked out, was driving over to the shop, uh, they wanted me to be over there at like 7.30. So I was driving over there, and I was like, I'll see if Rick's up. So I called him like 7.15. Of course, he was up. I said, hey, Rick, to say that it's a dream come true to drive for you, is a, it would be an understatement. Yeah, I'm ex- excited for the opportunity, and you know, I hate how it all came about, but I appreciate you giving me the nod to do it. And he's like, yeah, thanks for helping out. When are you going over there to get fitted up? And I was like, I'm on the way over there right now to get with Alan and do some pre-race stuff. We're going to go to the DIL and uh, and see what we got. And it's like, I, I've never, they've never been past a gift shop at that place. I'm excited to see what it's all about. That was it. We rolled into the shop and we got, got to business, but walk in there and, you know, they have their two, their shop is freaking sweet. Oh, it's sick. Yeah. And how it's all organized. And they got, you know, the fives room, the 24s room, the 48s room and the nines room. And like every there's, it's like kind of like Google in a way of like, they have it's just a full the, campus. It's like a, a full it's camp- like a college campus. So when you got there. Like who, so who's, where'd you go? Who let you in the door? I just walked right in. Like I was, you know, buying a Jeff Gordon t-shirt. Just right in the front, like the front of the nine shop? Yeah. And they weren't like, hey, 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 stop. Who are you? No, they, I think the secretary recognized who I was. She just <laughs> took me back there. And then they had people sitting there waiting on me. Like, hey, here's this 
tire carriers uniform that we're gonna that might be close for you so i just wore some tire carriers yes <laughs> yeah i got the full experience i they love came, that uh should have given me a two-piece colleen from thermal control was was there she like added like four inches to the legs you know and like it was just that's was, gotta be cool to see colleen because they, they yeah they've helped me out along career. the way from thermal <laughs> control paul and colleen matt so so we get in there right and they have like you go into allen's that like their, their office, the nine team's office, and they have like dry erase boards and they have like, it looks like Einstein's laboratory of just yeah. stuff and equations and graphs written on the wall. And they just have all these things hanging of like, and everybody's just TV screen or computer screens and monitors going and the race is playing. And it's like, oh, these guys are it, like mean business. Yeah. And that was palpable as soon as you walk in. It's like, okay, there is a collective focus in this building, whether it's admin, whether it's teams or engineers or pit crew, like there's one objective and that's to be the best at making race cars go around in circles. So I was a bit apprehensive going in there of just like not knowing what to expect. And, you know, they start laying out. It's like, I've had this slow drip of just driver information or pre-race data or stuff like that. Like bloop, bloop, bloop. And it was like, you turn the fire hose on of just all these different things and channels that I've never even seen or even knew existed. And then we looked at some of that stuff and just talked about how we we're going to approach the weekend and how much of it was pertinent to like right now that you could digest and actually put into the weekend. And how much is it like, Oh, I could use that all year. Yeah. So it's hard to tell because I think everybody looks at something different of what they want to yeah. like. Some guys might look at wheel angle and, and lateral acceleration. Some guys might look at, previous trends or SMT data. So I think it, it, the more time you have to spend with that sort of data, the more you could just figure out what channels you want to look at. Cause talking to chase afterwards, he's like, I don't look at most of that stuff. I got my couple things and yeah, that's it. So you can kind of get bogged down with just the amount of data that they have to give you. So we went to the sim, we spent from like eight 30 to 10 30 and you'd run all four setups. You'd kind of pick the one you liked that kind of fits your driving style. And so you knew, so I knew that William Byron ran like a 3324 with his setup, right? So you get in there and you run a 3335 and you know that there's a 10th in it. So you just start figuring out, okay, this is how he breaks. This is how he applies the wheel. And so I start like learning some little things to get down and make some lap time like he does. And fast forward to, so we end up going with the nines and tweaking on it. We made some changes that uh, ultimately probably weren't the best direction just because the DIL gave us a little bit of a false read. What's um, DIL stand for? Driver in the loop. Mm. Yeah, driver. <laughs> so the, the sim system they build the race cars with is just is, is a simulation system, but when you put the driver in the loop of the simulation loop, that's okay. what the DIL yeah. simulator is, right? So the, the, we get at Spire, we get static rig testing every week. They have multiple blocks a week on the motion rig so you can kind of hone in a little so bit so you were but, in the motion rig the one that looks like Leighton McQueen's yep yep so we were in that for a couple of hours and got to where I could run what what William was running in terms of speed so I felt good about that and I left like okay like I'm gonna be able to do it here like I feel like uh, I can make pace I feel like I'm, I know what to expect because of all the racetracks I had to pick to drive the nine car this would be the last one I would pick just because it's essentially the first time I've been there because last year we blew up lap 30 yeah so it just didn't get a lot of time and didn't get a lot of didn't get a good feel for the place so going back i'm like of, of course i'm dry this is like one my one opportunity in a place that is the where i had the least amount of laps right and it's a track 
track that if you don't have track position, you're not going to get track position. It's not yeah. a lot of opportunity to to flip stages yeah. or get track position. Yeah. So then, right, we leave Wednesday and it's like, okay, I, I feel good about it. Like I feel like now seeing their systems and their processes and just how deep they are with personnel and how refined their just approaches. It's like I think that you could. I now I understand how guys can get in the system, learn and grow and develop into champions, right? You yeah. look at a William Byron, you look at, a, I mean, Alex Bowman's eight-time winner, developed Chase into a champ, made Kyle Larson into a champ. Like, it's like, okay, these guys aren't superhuman. They just are really good at their craft and they're in a really good group and they can figure it out. So I was like, okay, let's 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 get to work. Go there. You fly out Friday? Do I, flew out Friday on the good. on the Hendrick plane. How was that? With How Kelly. They got, they got nice snacks. What do they? They got good healthy snacks. snacks healthy probably. snacks, yeah. So I sat next to, to I sat next to Kelly, but she slept the whole time. So I talked to Cliff. Oh, just talk about kickball, dude. Cliff, it, it, like, ain't no room to talk kickball. Locked in, locked in, dude. Like, but everybody. I mean, Alan, and you know, everybody has their own personalities. But I can understand. I can understand why that side of the garage, like, there's no room for fluff because there's no excuses if you don't win at least on a regular basis because there's nothing they lack and i can also see i can like i had a better understanding i told chase this yesterday when we talked on the phone after those meetings is like i can understand too why he is the way he is and i mean this as a compliment like to the media he's not super outgoing he's not doing all these different stuff because when you're there man you are overloaded to an extent of driver input data from saturday to sunday right and Anything that you do that's aside from studying or trying to get better, it's taking away from the overall competition side. Yep. So I, I got a bit of a peek into that, and I could understand that, why he is the way he is. And just guys in general on that side, of like, I don't really want to do that because I'm concentrating on the competition side. So we get to practice right and there's so many people offering advice and this and that Oh, everybody's putting their cent their two cents oh yeah sure. yeah and you know you got guys to, oh, when i filled in for this guy or that guy 1987 you just got to get in there and drive the car like you know okay sure about what'd your dad say to you in that vein? we didn't talk very much he was so there's the old school train of thought of like just get in there and run 90 percent the car do the work ain't there's there's no there might have been 10% of gap between the guys who were in 15th to bottom of the field cars back in 1998 to 2005 but now the now the car there's not that much of an increase with this next gen car because now we run 8 17th to 21st any given week in the 7 car right but when we would run 21st or 20th we were prior to the next gen car a second off the pace now we're four tenths off the pace so you're that much closer to the field so the jump isn't that when you had before a next gen car 17th to 21st and a seven car was a good day yeah you were yeah, way we were, worse we were than getting that. Old, that was we a nutrition getting, day yeah we were getting older ganassi cars and just wasn't like what we have now and we've talked about it at length if you were in a gibbs car hendrick car one of those top teams you were almost guaranteed a top 15 yeah and you just go in there and step, step two years ago car. yeah now everybody's got the same stuff Everybody's got the you same stuff. You don't have stuff. better chassis. You don't have better aero. You don't have better underbody. Like, everybody's got the same stuff. Yep. And it's just a matter about now. The relationship that you have with your crew chief and engineer 
makes it even more paramount of them them giving you the balance feel that you need as a driver tendencies which became apparent later in the race but in practice so you roll out for first practice now that they run even though all the cars are the same it was how like, much stuff was different well everything in the in so they took my seat and leg brace out of the gateway car and put it in that one so seat wise it was the same dashboard stuff was in a different spot so the the boat switch which is the on and off switch um ended up in a brick in the race the first lap so we roll the top we i'll get there in a second remind me to get Pract- back to let's that. go to practice practice next all right so you just lay down what would be generally when i approach practice with our car i just unless i know we're in the first group and the track's clean and you can go put a pr lap up there yeah. i'm not going to go really hammer a 98 percent lap right so i go lay down a 95 percent lap they they're shifting with those cars. It was a little bit new and different to get used to. Uh, it took a little bit more. I for saw me you to, one time off of two. Whoa. Well, you're between third and fourth gear shift there. And, and the way they do it, the timing was off for me. It was a little bit unnatural. So it took me pretty much all of practice to get settled in with that. The five actually went back to what what he was comfortable with. And I stuck with the other, the other system. So there was a little bit to get used to that. So I laid up, you know, 95% lap down and we're, you know, 30th. Right. And it's like, okay, well let's see what kind of long run pace it's got. And just probably a little bit excited overcharging the corner a little bit, but just unattached on the entry. Couldn't quite turn. So we didn't feel very good. You know, we'd look at the SM, we're looking at SMT and it's like, man, I, I'm getting in a little bit deeper, but I don't feel like I'm doing anything I wouldn't be doing with the other car. So go to qualify and thought we had a good draw however the metric worked out and we on the get up to speed lap i went into three and i had some tension on the shifter anticipating it to fall in the fifth and when i lifted to turn off from the corner didn't realize it didn't and was in fourth so i went to downshift twice to go to third and i was in second so it chopped uh, the rears yeah. off of it yeah and i was you know two tenths off getting turn one so then i just uh, overdrove it trying to make up for it and just damn. like just so, those so little you were so take coming to the green there's an art to getting more you, speed coming to the green there's too. you can get more speed coming to the green than you can coming to the checkered because you can open turn three way up and get a big run at it and i okay. gave all of that up yep so then it's like so then you try to get more and that's when you overcommit throttle and get in the fence a little bit all four yeah right so you're just trying to, to salvage a lap when it was killed from the jump and you should yeah. just abort a mission but nobody sees that though no and there's no excuse right no, it's just like no. it's but just what happened. Everything going on with with all that, it's just you, I made a mistake. So get a terrible qualifying effort. Then we have our post-practice and qualifying debrief, right, and we're, everybody's kind of going over their balances. And Alan and I were looking at the one, and the one looked pretty good on average. And they can see all the people. And, like, let's just go ahead and, like, gravitate towards that. I think Ross and, Ross's style and my style are similar. Let's just go put the one in just because I didn't get a – great feel of what the car needed and get in the race and come off turn so we had a decent decent start rolled a couple on the outside come off turn four and went to go reach for the shifter and my pinky so when i my hand was on the shifter of that car the shifter was probably an inch and a half closer to the dashboard which chase runs a taller shifter so his hand was above it but my hand was right at the level of where the boat switch was the on and off key and when i went to go reach for the shifter i hit it with my pinky and knocked it completely really? off. Yeah. It knocked all the power off of it. And it took me like a couple seconds to realize like, okay, everything just shut right off. What happened? And you're looking around, ECU switch is up and everything. It's, it's like, damn it. Okay. 
There's a switch. Let's turn it. Yep. So they're actually changing how they install the switches going forward of all their cars just because they've never had somebody's hand that close to it before. How much did that cost you? Nothing. I mean, well, the cost we went came from, out and then you pitted, right? Well, we went from, I think we rolled from 20th or 30th to probably 25th or 4th the first lap. It's a big deal. And then we go and say, like, okay, well, now we lost all of our track position. Let's hit, let's pit. And then you start literally last. Yeah. And you could never, we could never get over the hump. I just, we just were loose and loose in, loose off and kind of just swung at it all day and couldn't quite hit it and never felt like we were in a good, good enough position to put rights on it and get track position. But uh, we talked about it in hindsight of that was probably worth the, the, the shot of just getting it up there. Cause we raced around guys who were able to hang on 34, 21, five, five. Yeah. He I mean, was you and the right, five were right next to each other into the second stage, mm, and but the that's the work. difference between a team being built around a guy for and sure. not right. That's where continuity is key. Yeah. So, you know, obviously cliff knows the verbiage that Kyle's using and he kind of knows from previous every race that they've been working together of like, okay, what adjustments when he says this is what I need to give him here to the pit stop. And then the internet goes out and they lose SMT altogether and they use time and scoring. So now they're just kind of flying blind and, and we just couldn't quite get That was anything. my next question. Couldn't get anything like, going. When the internet went out, the whole track lost it. Like we didn't have pit stop film. Yeah. There was nothing. What, how much, like in your debrief with them, how much did that hurt the communication flow for Alan and be able to make adjustments? So he didn't realize how big of a swing the other cars were going to make gains, right? Air yeah. pressures or wedge adjustments or or things like that. Um, so you're kind of just poking at it as opposed to just grabbing it and trying to just make something happen yeah. where the other cars migrated a little bit of a different direction. And, you know, we were, I think him and I both were just anticipating there being more pace in me of just trying to get it going. But I just wasn't comfortable with the balance of in and off and just couldn't couldn't make speed it looked yeah. like you were driving pissed off there the last 25 laps though i mean we were on a tire advantage there because we just kept putting four on at that point in time we had no we had no track position so it's like okay if you're gonna at least not be on the defense at least put four on it and just go but man it just it, it wasn't a great weekend i mean none of uh, larson ran fourth but like you said like those guys know that's why the just, shifter got got bowman at the end yeah, it's the shifter like. got Bowman and got stuck in second. So, you know, just – and I don't think anybody really collectively thought that everybody was happy with their balance. But, yeah, it was definitely – I wouldn't say it was a character builder because I think I have plenty of character. But it was definitely something where – like, I didn't expect to go win. I didn't expect to go I, – I thought that it would be tough to run 10th. It's just – it's a different, different approach. But this car, I think now, is – as important to having a good relationship with your your engineer and crew chief of knowing what the drivers feel is going into the weekend then the overall car and like there's not special oil tanks or truck arms or yeah. you know track bars that have widgets in it and and doors that move like they're not supposed to like those tricks are gone that those big teams used to really hone in on and have huh. a couple Engine neck of ducks that people would argue with. Yeah, I mean, there's tricks, right? There's certain guys do, but when you go to a place that like that where they're not super helpful, then you're just you're really relying on just the established relationship of of what you expect, right? Because you go do the the DIL and and you feel like it, you you tailored to that, and then you go to the racetrack, and then Alex and William and myself think like, shoot, the the driving style on the sim wasn't even close to what the yeah, grip level was in reality. 
So now we tuned a little bit to that, and then it just sets you up for a tough weekend. The the question that I had that I was kind of you know, kicking around in my head while watching the race and then over the past couple of days, when you look at you and Carson Hosvar that was in your car, my question with him is, is he too fresh to like, he didn't, he doesn't know anything. He doesn't have anything coming into it. Right. So everybody's like, Oh, he did such a great job driving this car from here up to 16th. But the way you're approaching it in my mind, from what I'm seeing is all right, you've got the crew chief relationship. You've got all these things. Like you have more knowledge in how a cup car should run and for a whole race, right? Like a 400 mile race, right? Is it that when you see somebody like that drive a car and make moves quickly and then have an issue and then his day's done, like, is that just not knowing any better? And then you've got the experience of how many years is it now? Six, six, six years in a cup car. I think his car, I think his car was good. This car was really good, man. It's and it's. Let's be clear, I have spent a lot of emotional energy and time getting that team, and our short track setup has sucked. And we have worked hard since wherever we ran last to get some different rear geometry going, to get some different left rear package going, to work on some rear sway bar stuff. And then you work on that in the sim last week, and then you start having all these conversations on Friday and on Monday. And on Tuesday, what are we going with? And then you're like, oh, you're going to drive the nine car. It's like, okay, well. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Well, everybody. All the stuff we've been working on for the last week and a half doesn't really matter. But that relationship that you and Sparks have, yeah. like it. But also, too, like I'm, I don't make my, I don't make and put food on the, on the table for my family by being the fastest guy every week. I get the best finish for what the car has as often as I possibly can, right? And when you need to turn the wick up, I will turn the wick up, but... I'm more apt to turn the wick up in a car that I'm comfortable with and with guys that I have relationship with before I'm going to turn the wick up. I, I think that'd be – I think Carson Josefar probably could jump in the nine car and ran a little bit faster than I did this weekend just because I don't want to be the guy that backs the nine car in the fence. Like I don't – like that's not my that's not my game. My game is getting speed out of the car when you need to and executing a full day. And for me, it sucked double time to see the seven car in the fence because – I get paid off owner's points, and we lost five spots in owner's points. Whether Who knows why the rotor broke? Most of the time, it's probably because you don't bring the rotors up to temperature the correct way, and you run the fans when you're not supposed to. Which but is who stuff knows? as a rookie. Yeah, you just don't know right. that stuff. There's way more that goes into it than just driving, than just getting through the corners fast. Yeah. <clears throat> but – You know, but he was fast. He did a good job for a run. But it wasn't you versus him. No. That's fine. like people want to – but people uh, – people want to be like, well, look at what Hosefar did. Gore sucks. Like that. Like you look <laughs> at Twitter, that's what it is, and that's what – I've listened to a bunch of podcasts say that, and it's like at the end of the day, it's not Corey versus Carson Hosefar at the racetrack. What? I Cor- actually- Cor- Carson Hosefar was driving the car that – the way you were gonna, you and Sparks are gonna bring it there, and you yeah. want him to do well. Yes, right. Right. Well, Your mission changed, but I texted you yesterday, and I, I mean, I didn't know how you were gonna feel yesterday, right? And I was like, "Hey, hey, bud, how's it going?" And your response to me was, "I've had worse Mondays." I was like, 
Yeah. All right. Well, you know, I talked to I talked to Skip earlier in the day, and we're like, he's like, I haven't talked to him. I was like, well, is he gonna quit? No, he can't do that. He's got to put his head down and, and you know. Yeah. Why would you? And, why would you and, quit? If I had way better opportunities to quit than I did. Yeah, for oh, sure. So but I'm saying, but and you talk about stacking pennies all the time, and you talk about mental toughness and and during you know mental health awareness month, like we've we've had those conversations here. What's your process as a professional athlete from the time that you climb out of that race car at Gateway, get on the plane? debrief with Hendrick Monday till you come here what's that process like how long do you sit in it and you know what is or do you sit in it at all oh yeah you got to sit in it for sure I mean you got to you got to weigh you got to weigh the thoughts and the and the emotions that come along with a super disappointing day right like you you have expectations and you have standards that you hold yourself to just no different than any other athlete right there's there's pressures and there's all the things that come along with it and there's you know there's all, you know, there's accolades you want to go achieve and you want to do a good job for your partners and everybody else. But uh, I learned a long time ago, whenever I touch tarmac, wherever we're flying from, whether it's West Coast race, whether it's an hour flight, as soon as we touch down in Statesville, that's it. Like I leave that in the past. I'll do our post-race debrief, but like those emotions and the, whether it be disappointment or excitement on the contrary, it's like, as soon as you touch down with that, man, it's like looking forward to the next one. And I have no yeah, it's not it's not a me versus him thing at all. It's just hmm. like, dude, we we have built that place literally from the ground up. So the, hey, it was you versus him. You finished twenty first, and he finished last. That's so. it. I mean, <laughs> that's uh, at that, the end of the day. That's I why mean, I was he, trying to figure out the wording fat. on that because I wasn't yeah. meaning it in that. No, but you're not. I'm not saying you said it, but like yeah. that. No, there, there are a lot of people. Place. Yeah. No, it's uh, but it, but but at the listen. end of the day, none of those guys are in the arena, man. Well, no, and at the end of the day, too. The internet, we do this for the fans, right? You go racing and you are a professional race car driver. In fr- you're not going to do it if nobody's watching. It's entertainment. So business. you put yourself out there for people to judge you. That's what you're doing as a professional athlete. So when that happens, sometimes it's going to be bad. Sometimes yeah. it's going to be good. And you have to be the one thing that comes back to my brain all the time when we get called the pallbearers every week on our team is like those who know, know. Yeah. Right. And that, that's, yeah. When, so I don't, that's a big the, deal. Usually the ones that I'm most frustrated is when I feel like I make mistakes or don't do my job. And I feel like I did everything I could. Um, and I made certain mistakes just from getting used to a car that I was uncomfortable with and unfamiliar with and a group that I wasn't familiar with. But, you know, on Mondays you go through and you, I can assure you this, the cup of coffee that I got, at Hendrick Wednesday morning tasted way better than the cup of coffee I had on Monday morning. Yeah. Same coffee machine. What kind of creamer they got. You know, straight black. Is that uh, chip on your shoulder going to be bigger? Uh, I mean, no. we're going to Sonoma, which, you know, you're really good there. I really hate I really <laughs> over there. But to I, me, I finished top 20 all the road courses last year. Really? Yeah. Fox, one. Fox did a good job of uh, highlighting. Kota, we broke a line. Late in the race, the battle that was going on back there from like 20th to 30th. And, like, to me, watching that, they were showing these two, three wide battles. And it's not, like, you say it all the time, that that hornet's nest back there, when you guys are fighting it out, like, that's difficult. And those drivers that were back there at Gateway were not slouches. Like, so to me. Yeah, there's nobody slouches. But you look at that, it was exciting racing. Yes, it was not up, you know, in 10th, 5th, whatever. But that racing, when you talk well, about that, that entertainment factor. At that point in time, those are the guys where it would generally bleed to on 
two tires, so those guys were being super defensive. Guys were on four back there trying to take advantage. And we just could never get over that hump. And we never take, took the shot of, of taking two and flipping that, flipping that hump. But You know who didn't have a bad day? Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch did not have a bad day. Or, Rand- no. or freaking Randall. No. Um, Winning so, his crew chief in the last two years. Dude, they, those guys are rocking and rolling. The um, A-team is rolling. Yeah. He got three wins last year with Tyler. Now he's at three with Kyle. There's nothing more dangerous for all the competitors than a motivated Kyle Bush and a confident Kyle Bush. Yeah. Oh, someone's going to win races again. Yeah. Merriman says this is the only race that he's actually won though. That, that, said he that lo- is said not. He, said he backed in like Alex Bowman did that time. Backed in. To- no, that's not, not how I worded it at all. This is the first, this is the first race he's Kyle Bush the field is what I said, where he showed up. Laid down a heater in qualifying yep. and basically, you know, took everybody. Led to most shit. laps. Yep. Yeah, clean air is important, man. Oh, Track yeah. position with these things are at a premium. Dude, Gregson's wreck was scary. That was right in front of you. Oh, dude, he augured in the fence. You were bigger uh, Were you like, whoa? Oh, yeah. Did you see yeah, it coming? Like, no. That thing just went. <laughs> Boom. I always think about Jeff Gordon at, at Pocono. Or Bubba at Pocono. Remember, he broke oh, a road or two and augured. Jimmy did the and same took a thing left and just literally hit the wall freaking head on. What? So, brakes get hot, then they get cold, then they mm. get hot. Why there? Is it just because of the length of the straightaway and then yeah. how much brake pressure you spike get into yeah. the corner? Yeah. Could you fix that with pads or with no, cooling or what do you fix it I think it with? the misconception is you have to try to keep the rotors cool, but they're going to get hot regardless. So, when the, the rotors get hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, yep. cold. Then they break. Then they And they, they get crack. Mi- they like micro cracks and, they and just, then they come apart. Then they spread out and crack and come apart. So, you want to keep the rotors hot, hot. And then you also want to keep them hot during the yellow. So if you turn your caliper and rotor fans on during the run and you leave them on, it cools them way down. Yeah. Uh, and then you get them right back instantly hot and just that transition of hot and cold, I think you see. But I don't think that we should, we sh- should see those issues like we are. It's not, not good. Well, where else do we see in Pocono? Yeah. Yeah, places like that where if you just if you misplace that, that brake – Brake switch or the where, where brake tape. Would that happen? Maybe a Loudon. Maybe a Loudon, but you don't use as much brake pressure there, so you're not going to get them that hot. And the straightaway is not as long. Yeah, Indy, but we don't run the oval at Indy anymore, unfortunately. I don't know where else you would see that that much. I, I, don't, I mean, rarely do we see. I mean, road course stuff. You're you're always going to get the, the brakes super hot, so they're going to they're never going to fall below the point yeah. of getting to where they cool off enough to crack. Yeah. What about I didn't even see a replay of the the Cindric and the Austin on Austin I saw, Crime. I saw a picture of SMT this morning. I saw what Austin put up yeah. on social media too. I saw from what I saw, there's lines like yep. a video game and Cindric's line is straight and Austin's comes up from what I saw on SMT. So like I was weird because when I watched it I was like, uh oh. Like who would they put in the two car? Because it wasn't a hundred percent no, but it definitely wasn't as blatant as like what Chase or Bubba did. It seemed like it was just hard racing. When you look at the SMT data, that's what it looks like, is that there's checking up going on in front of him, and then he gets up a little bit, and then Cendric's holding his line, and he gets into him. In the words of a lot of racers, it looked like just one of them racing deals. Yeah. Was he trying to rattle his cage? Richard Childress <laughs> is like the quintessential, though, like short track, like yeah. street stock guy that gets mad and like has to be mad at somebody. Like, we're going to wring your neck. Like He's just, <laughs> like, that that, he's just like typical... He's just a dude from Bowman Gray that got rich and owns a Cub team now. Yeah, like, I mean, like he's still that's, that mentality. 
That's welcome, North Carolina. He wrecked us. We're going to get them. It's like, whoa, okay. Well. <clears throat> which I like that. I love that de- for the was, sport. It was definitely Austin's fault, though. One of yeah. them. <laughs> was it? I don't know which one. It was Austin's fault. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Pick one. It was Austin. Two or three. Blame Austin. All of them. Two or three. Definitely all of them. What else we got, Chuck? But I think NASCAR made the right call not suspending them. For sure. Uh, that's the can of worms we're up. It's like, right. it's like when you're playing dodgeball. In PE, and somebody hits you in the face with dodgeball, you're not going to go cry to the principal. He hit me in the face. You can't suspend somebody. Headshots aren't allowed, though. For sure. The chases was blatant. When you go back and look at it, yeah, it was pretty blatant. So. Yeah, but yeah, that's the can of worms. We don't we don't need to be going to the principal's office asking for somebody to get suspended every time we get wrecked. Yeah, we don't, I don't want to see that happen. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think. I mean, I, I think like when you look back at the race, the five car. When they finally started bleeding, it was that last short run. But if everybody knew that the last 40, 50 laps of the race were going to be run. Everybody takes two. 30% under caution. Yeah. Right. And never, you had to like get the race going and then let it play out and build runs, get by guys. Everybody would just take two. For sure. But if we all could predict the future, we'd probably be doing different stuff. Yeah. So, so yeah, that was that it, it worked out for the five car. He finally bled back to fifth. We finished sixth. That Ryan was pretty frustrated crossing the line because we felt like we were better than that. Yeah. Um, if it swings a little bit different way, I think we win that race. But that's why it's racing and not winning. Like you said, you got that's the it. points lead though. Points lead's a big deal. That is a big points deal. lead. Regular season championships a big deal. But I mean, what is that? Like Halfway. 15, what, if you can team playoff points. Yeah. Yeah. It's three wins. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's a huge deal. So got you the win. Now just points race, man. <laughs> I'm not in charge of that. I'm just. It just changed. Only worried about pulling tires. Pulling tires, good. Getting the wheels tight. So, yeah. We had a pit road woe. Let's hear all about it. Right after this. Boats and woes. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pit road boats and woes time. Narrowest pit road that we go to this year, and it delivered again. Sketchy. It is sketchy. I was like, and I don't know how the metric is made, and I want to talk to you about this. And I hate being, like, critical because every week it's like, what could we do better? But, like, I feel like at that pit road, we can slow the cars down 10 mile an hour. Yeah. I don't know. what's How's that made, like, because of the amount of lap time? No idea. And delta on pit road? No idea what sets up. Because when I jumped out there the first time for, like, pit road check, I was like, whoa. And even, like, Jack Man was like, those are the other cars? Like, you know that joke? Yeah. Are those the other cars? <laughs> from What's that from? Uh, uh, Talladega Nights. Talladega Nights. <laughs> I was like, wow. Okay. But, yeah, I mean. I think it was 50 miles an hour. It's super tight. It's 45, so then it's 50 because right. you get a five-mile-an-hour buffer, yeah. But the pit road's a foot tighter than Indianapolis, especially down there at the opening. That's where we saw uh, 43 front tire changer Thomas Hatcher get hit 
he was a teammate of mine for a long time. So it was tough to see once I kind of realized who was out there, who was laying there and you go back and kind of all the, the videos surfaced, watched the helmet cam a couple of times of what happened to him. And you take for granted how heavy and dangerous the tires are when you see these guys just carry two of them and throw them around. Yeah. Uh, dude, you don't want to get hit with the tire. No, they're and hard. At the end of the day, we can sit here and paint lines and do whatever you want on pit road, but we jump out in front of race cars for a living and Eric Jones needed to live, leave a little bit more room for his guys to get through. So the two tenth hit you take there by, you know, leaving a little bit more of a gap, probably five to 10 feet more. You don't know your car length. Crew, you don't remember into oblivion. You gain a lot more, you know? So he got, he didn't give his guys enough gap to the car that was pulling in front of him. The, the three. three car was right in front of him. Now I want to, I don't want, don't want to jump too hard on him because from what I understand like the stop or two before that when he was getting in pit road maybe he left a little bit too much of a gap and the 10 car drove into him when it could turn off oh so that's a tough game down there did he end up being okay he's yeah he got taken like he was out for like 30 seconds dude mm. from what I understand he got taken to the hospital and uh released and he's okay probably under concussion protocol so uh yeah it was, it was a rough day for those guys and you never you never want to see anybody get hurt, but Thomas Hatcher has been in the sport a long time. He's a champion of the sport. He's won a lot of races. He was with Joey Logano for a long time. And, uh, he knows, he knows very well, maybe as good as anybody, how dangerous the sport is, how dangerous the job is. And he doesn't want to bubble wrap it. So he's, uh, he's full steam ahead, but the guys who did have a good day, 48 team. Yeah. They were fast. So the week nine, seven, Nine seven average. They it was it was tough to get averages this week because SMT going down. Well, you want to read them guys off? Yeah, uh, we can read them off. You got the front changer Donnie Tasser, dog. Rear changer Andrew Bridgeforth, dog. Tire carrier James Riddle. Riddle's a dog. Quarterback at uh, Elon maybe. Is it Elon? <coughs> I don't know. I think here on a half shell. He dude, wears a half shell helmet. He can freaking sling a pigskin, bro. Yeah, dog. Alan Holman, Jackman. Dog. And then the fueler, Jacob Conley. Dog. Gas, man. Gas dog. Gas dog. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about the what about the eight guys? The eight guys did a great job, but they didn't have the fastest. So they weren't the top dogs. They weren't the top dogs, but they were the in victory lane dogs. You know who were the top dogs out in uh France? The Garage fifty six program? What about them? They just won the pit crew competition Did they? out there. I saw that they were third or something. Did they have another one, another go of it? Uh, so they were fifth overall, but P1 in their class. Class. So, yeah, that was a big deal. So everybody else has air jacks probably. Yeah, they don't. Dude, I'm telling you, these guys don't want none. <laughs> Who, the Frenchman? Anybody else in the world that does pit stops does not want any of the smoke that goes down on pit road. They're the, I understand that F1... Does pit stops in two seconds. They don't want the smoke. This is this is the Wood Brothers going to Indy moment in my in my uh, mind. Like back in the was it the '60s? The Wood Brothers took the NASCAR pit stop to Indy and like was like, oh, here's what we did. Now we took this to Le Mans and we kicked some butt. I, I believe it's pronounced Le Mans. Le Mans. Le Mans. Le Mans. Whatever. But that's the I first success of the Garage 56 program. That car's been fast out there, so that's really good. And it's cool to be able to showcase like some of the athletes on pit road. Those are Hendrick guys, so another win for Hendrick this week. And just three-tenths off of winning the whole thing. So that was really cool. 
Um, I'm happy that they are doing us justice over there. Do you want to give the Garage 56 crew a shout out? Because in the NASCAR.com article, we got their names. If you want to. We got the French translation for dog queued up, so we might as well use it. The crew includes Dawson Backus, the front tire changer. Sure. Mike Moss, the rear tire what changer. Are you doing what are you doing? What is that? It's a French word for dog. Can you just is- say it? That's not cool. That is not It's like cool. a car flying by. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't like yeah. that. I don't, I don't like it one bit. I don't like French dogs. Yeah. I got a French bulldog. I don't even like him anymore. Okay. Well, you just totally... Do you want me to do it again? Or... Hit the kill switch on him? Yeah, you? just pull. <laughs> yeah. You got, there's a guy named Cody French. Cody French. Yeah. That's fitting. Yeah. And then Jarius Moorhead. Those guys are all dogs. They were all dogs. Good for them. Thanks, Thanks for, for representing us well over there. Thanks for representing any... Of those other picker guys in the world that want the smoke, come get it. We right here. We right. We right here. That's all I got this this week. Sonoma, couple pit stops, make them. No make more. Them good. No more. None of that. Uh, no stage breaks. Flipping. Yeah. I like that. I like that too. I. You know what? One of my favorite things in the sport was was when. Uh, I I just liked when and I don't you know who who it was. I like Rodney Childers. And the 19 guys as well, but when, what was his name? Cole Pern. When he faked them out. Pit this time. and All-time move. Came, and then he stay out. Like, he yeah. he got them. He faked them out. And I loved that. Um, yeah, I loved every bit of that. So, that was cool. Hated it for Rodney, but. What was what was the reason why he did that? He. To ca- draw him down pit road. Yeah, he drew the four car down pit road. So, they were, the, yeah. they were listening to right, them. The scanner. four car was scanning them. And. He knew that, like, if they pit, I got a cover. Yeah. Because that, that way they won't have a tire advantage. So he called him down pit road, and then they pit, they had, and he they stayed had, out. They code words. Yep, and he stayed out. Well, they were, like, far Dude. enough in front of him. We're right, and uh-huh. you commit to pit road. Right. And once you commit to pit road, you're committed, yeah. like, well before you get right long. So, like, right when they commit, he's like, stay. And it, that's like one of the only places you can do it, because most places you can just turn off. So he had enough gap to back up and still have a tire advantage. Is that what the reason was? Yeah, I forget how. I don't know if the caution came out or they just ran longer and came out of the wind and like duped them. And it was. Uh, I love a good old school dupery. The, the time that I've never won there, seventeen years ago, in there, I never won there. I've always wanted to and thought we had a good shot with Tony one time. Tony ended up up on the tires. And then he ended up on top of the tires. Ooh. He said, I'm going to need a little help getting down from here. Hate when I have us. Hate that. I remember that race. Yeah, I was there. Yeah. So, that's it. Can't speed. Can't leave wheels loose. Nope. That'll be a solid day. Going to be a good day. Work it backwards. Got to keep her in between the mustard and the mayonnaise. Yep. So A little, little harder of a tire. Tire management's always key no there. No spoiler on these things this week. None. No. Two Zilch. inches. Nada. Two inches. Penny for your thoughts coming right up next. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. 
I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. All right, Chuck. Who are our favorite listeners that fired off some Penny for Your Thoughts questions? All right, we got a couple this week. Our first one comes from K. Carp Noel or Kathleen. What is the biggest takeaway you will bring back to your weekly routine in the seven car after your prep days with HMS this week? You finished in the same place as Chase did last year. Keep your chin up. Yeah, that's what Sparks actually told me. He's like, hey, funny enough, last two years at Gateway, the seven cars finished dead last and the nine cars finished 21st. So we blew up last year and Chase ran 21st. So that made me feel less. <laughs> also, it made me feel less. Because we had very similar setup as the one, and he ran 22nd, and I ran 21st. So um, we weren't too far off, just missed it overall. Biggest takeaway, I believe, to our weekly routine is I don't think that – so Sparks and I and Roy, just essentially our competition crew, our small – uh, just the three of us really are the only three that really have a say in competition or how the car is set up. Uh, we don't do the – since we just kind of know everybody's cadence and everybody just kind of talks to each other unstructured, uh, we need to do a better job of, of structuring pre-race plans and also post-qualifying plans of what we think the balance needs to be because right now we just fire some texts off of thoughts or just phone calls and then we get to a place Sunday morning and we're like, okay, we're going to go with this, this, and this. Uh, and then we also need to do a better job of just getting – the road crew and pit crew together before the race and just go over a general game plan of what to expect, potentially two tires, potentially this, that, full cans, half cans, one can, definitely definitely some different scenarios there. Just to like nothing's a surprise, right? And everything is touched on at least once. So that was something that, you know, Alan shows really good leadership with his, his guys being really prepared and ready to go to battle. And just also the level of intensity and focus you have to have with every aspect of whether it's at the simulator, because that's could be the, the worst tool that you have or the best tool that you have, depending on the week and depending on what sort of feedback and feel that you can give. Uh, and just also the the intentionality of what the objective are objectives are the weekend where the nine team and Hendrick overall, right. Their objectives going into the weekend is to win. So if they don't, that's the bar in which they measure against where for us, generally speaking, you know, a win for us is 12th, you know, a Dover for us when we run 14th is a really good executed day. So it's kind of fluid of what a great day is or what we should be shooting for, but I think just a more a better understanding of like, okay, let's set up a bit more structure, a little more, uh, and that kind of promotes, I think, seriousness a bit more, and then it kind of raises everybody up to that level of what you expect. So some professionalism and some little more structure is what we're going to 
going to apply for this week as well as going forward. And we've got an off week too to kind of really hone in some details and, and iron that out. But now also something too is, man, I've seen so much stuff that I didn't even know existed in terms of driver input stuff or in terms of race car balance things that I can tell Sparks like, hey, I think this is valuable. We can go ask or I th- I have people uh, that I can contact now like, okay, give me some of this driver data. And I think they'd be apt to give that to me now that I just know some channels exist. And uh, I think that's some sort of stuff I can start asking for now. Because if you don't know and you don't ask, you're never going to get unless you're, you know, a key partner. And I don't think that's in the fold for the next couple of years. So got to be a little resourceful. Squeaky wheel gets the grease. So, and I think people are willing to give you the grease if you just say, hey, man, give me some of that. Give me that particular driver data. Like, okay, here you go. Until you beat them. The only yeah. question that goes unanswered is the one that's not asked. Wow. Wisdom. Yeah. Wisdom. Merriman's looking at me like he wants to. Did you to have know. Chinese for lunch? That's I did. I did. That was in my fortune cookie. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. over here. Yeah. What else yeah. you got? Uh, C. Nichols 43 wants to know, are the wheel nuts on next gen left-hand threaded? Yeah. Yes. Yes. All the way around both the car. Sides. Both sides. Yep. They're, they're left-hand threaded both sides of the car. So unlike an Indy car where one side's one way and the other is another, they're left-handed threads something all I, the car. Something I noticed in that chesty cam that you showed me of that guy on pit road so is the button so like old school gun when they would turn righty tighty lefty loosey you would hit the right side button they, and it would they they made it the same so when you want to tighten the wheel up it's still you're hitting the right side of the gun they just changed the way the reverse file rope okay yep so it's the same way so now when you want to loosen the wheel button you're still smacking on the left and hitting it but it's spinning to the right it's yep it just the gun spins just reverse okay yep it's the same way so a lot of torque in these guns now, though. You need to go out and do a pit stop. We should do a stack and penny stop. I do it every week, so. Well, you do I'll sit there and coach watch. Us. I'll do rears. No, I'm going to coach. You can jack because you're the biggest of all, all of us. Uh, and you can carry tires. Sean Brennan, old Alpha Vision here, he'll, he'll change. Or Nick. Did we determine? Nick's a tear-off guy. Do we I feel like I, I feel like I could, I feel like could change. I might not be able I to get up li- and down. I would like to see you try to stab that jack and get that son bitch up. I've tried it once. It is hard. Hey, to you do. you could probably just be a gas man. I was gonna say, did you say who's 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 gassing? He can be the gas man. I'd rather take. We're not taking gas. Yeah, it's no fuel. No, no fuel. We're trying to keep it light. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And so who's got- going Jack? Higgy. Higgy can Jack. Yeah. There yeah. we go. All right. That's a squad. I want to change for sure. What do you Dogs. think? You think we could hit if we had four stops? Yep. You changing me changing. I'm not changing. Sean's changing. I'm, I want to change. Sean's changing. I want to change. You want to change? Yes. <laughs> the problem is once Stop. you get down, you ain't getting back. You ain't we'll getting get back. Like, I can, you ain't getting hey, back. Hey, I'll probably get a big. 25 I'll if shock he's you. changing. Okay, that's fine. You think you no, think we could no, do a no, sub 20? No. He wants it. Yeah, 100%. I think we could probably do 16 seconds. Are you stop. changing? Yes. 16? Yeah. Okay. Hang on. If I'm carrying, I have to hit. I'll be three seconds slower than you per side. I think that's generous. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi. Yeah, easy. Sure. Yeah, easy peasy, easy peasy, yeah, no, no lemon deal. squeezy. <laughs> I feel like it's, it's <laughs> it. difficult, difficult, lemon difficult. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not faster, not not slower than an 18 second. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Anyway, uh, so wait, you went from 16 to 18. You're just taking two second leaps here? I'm, I have to, Chuck is f- clumsy. I'm saying 25. No, with him, sub with 20. Him. We could do good no, sub 20. I think sure. we, but with him changing, I what think What are you going to do? Him changing, maybe He's definitely Maybe. weak link. 
25 minutes with him Me? changing. You think when was I'm the, the last time you actually no worked way. out? What is that? You got out of oh, bed this <laughs> Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we have the same body type. You work out? That's embarrassing. <laughs> this has been good. <laughs> What's this, the next question? The next question <laughs> is from Nathan Dillard, 92. And he wants to know, what was the last race you attended as just a fan of the sport, not one you competed in? Do you feel like you missed the opportunity to be just a fan and enjoy it from that perspective when you're always competing? You could definitely get like consumed by it and also get slightly jaded by just being completely drained by the overall pursuit of trying to get better at your craft. Uh, so I try to go... And I don't do it enough, but I try to go to late mile races or, try, you know, I try to go to certain races a couple times a year, you know, not even like an Xfinity race on a Saturday. Yeah, those don't count. Those don't count because then you're you're watching where the line, the lines transition and where the rubber gets, gets laid down. And I know but, the last race you went to. What was it? It was Street Stock Race in North Wilkesboro. Yeah, that was we a like lot so of fun. so happy. Dude, it was the happiest person. We brought the bus life. up there, hanging out. Watched him run that street stock. Watched that late model race with Dale Jr. in it. That yeah. was freaking living. Speaking of bus, where'd you stay this weekend? Do you have your bus up there? Or no. No, I stayed at the hotel over there by the no blue green Bush up theater. there. No, darn it, dude. Blue green's sweet. They got a sweet deal going on. Yeah. Yep. Blue green vacations, man. I don't really know if I have a penny stacker of the week. Nobody really stands out. It was like that. My week was just in a vacuum. A lot of stuff coming at me. I was trying to keep my phone off. There was a no. There was a guy there. There's two guys. One guy had a I don't know their names. One guy had a big ranch shirt on on Sunday, and he made yes. a Corey LaJoy shirt that said, uh, "Let me drive. I won't make a fool. I won't out of make you. a fool out of you." Like like Days of Thunder, and he put LaJoy number seven on it uh, on the back. So I forgot that guy's name. Dang it! A lot uh, of homemade shirts this weekend. Then it was the guy that had the homemade NASCAR shirt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so shout out to that guy with the big ranch shirt. Also, Tyler Turner, he always puts a goat on every single one of my Instagram comment, uh, my Instagram posts. He was there this weekend. Shout out to him. Yeah, he was Penny Stacker of the Week. Who's that guy? Oh, that's Ty Tyler Turner there. Who's was that? he wearing a Flores shirt too? Yeah. Dude, oh. guys, a stud. He's, now he's taking over calling us the Paul Bears. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, he's not the he's not the mean guy that said it, but now he says it. and it's. I'm kind of liking it. Yeah. When it comes from a place of admiration, I think it's better than just somebody like... Well, it's just kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah, somebody's got to keep the tradition going. Take it Paul, and flip you know, it to a positive. Yeah, Paul Bears carried him right to the points lead. Oh. There you go. <laughs> yeah, right to the front. That's all I got. Appreciate y'all riding along with me this week. We're going to get back to business this week in that seven, going to Napa Valley. That's all I got today. Thank y'all for taking the ride with me this week. Definitely... Some ups, some downs, everything in between. And uh, and you guys know right where I was at the whole time. But definitely have a long way to go. And we are going to get there one week and one penny at a time. So if you appreciate y'all stacking them with me. So tweet your questions out. Hit us. Hashtag penny for your thoughts. Also, like, download, share, rate, review, all the things. And then tune in this Sunday for Spare Change. We're going to dive in to some rights and lefts for you guys. Thanks for tuning in. This is Stacking Pennies.